It is 11.50 in the morning here. It's Tommy and Josh with the Daily Talk Show. No one gives a shit what time it is because they're listening to it at the time they want. On demand. The thing is, this this is the type of podcast where I think people are going to listen to them on the day or the day after. Yeah. Because this shit's going to be... There's going to be so many. Unless, I guess, people are drawn to the, um, the title. Yeah. But uh, Tommy and Josh here and it's uh, Thursday here in Melbourne. Episode what? Episode... Fact if I know, 13? 13, 13. 13. Lucky 13. Are you um, superstitious? Uh, Around no. numbers? I don't think so. No. Nah. What about the big moon, the big fuck off moon that was, what was that, that all about? I was asleep. So last night there was meant to be some super moon. Mm. I don't understand it. What does it mean? I have no idea. The it's moon like, doesn't. You're going to be so into that shit. I mean, I lived in a street in St Kilda. Um, that still didn't good. have a number. Did you say I did or I do? Yeah, I did. I did. I've lived in St Kilda a couple okay. of times. Yeah, sure. I've moved away and come back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was there's a street that doesn't have number 13. Really? For that reason? Yeah, well, I think so. The real estate agent told me that. Could have been a good story that they were just wrapping up. Isn't um, it the um, 13, like a lot of um, lifts, like elevators and stuff? Casinos just yeah. will not have... Though I th- I think it's thirteen, the one that is a yeah. part. Like there's some um, some so so there's a lot you know in the gambling world when you go to casinos. Yeah, they have a lot of expats from Asian country countries coming in. Yeah, and they just do not put those levels there because they know that it's like I won't go to the hotel that has that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and so Vegas, there's half there's floors missing. I remember the um, uh, when my parents sold their house. I think for is a lucky Chinese number and they're, they're number nice. four. So make an extra 10% on whatever. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about it? Well, is it attaching... I mean, you're forming a belief around something and then you're attaching it to that. Yeah. And then that it's as good as true for you. Like, if you believe it, yeah, embody it, it's... That's why fact. maybe the whole, like, um, the secret and... The power of like positive thinking. Mm. Like this, I guess, there's something to it. Hundred percent. It's it's like my car park one. Have I told you that one? No. So like so, and I've done this across the years, and it, I know it's just true for me. So you could try it, probably won't. But when I go to get a car park, yeah, I visualize. So whatever whatever route comes into my mind first of what streets take to get there, if I follow that and I stick to it, I usually get a car park. Okay. Yeah. It, and, and you and you criticise me for overthinking, <laughs> and you'll create this bullshit narrative around. How I you're actually have started park. going against it and forming the belief around it doesn't matter for that. I'll go this way. Yeah. It's weird. I, I like it's just a head I do the game same that I thing. play with I, myself. I haven't done it in a while, but I'll do things where I'm like, if I can cross the road now without any cars coming, I'm going to have a good day. <laughs> But I think that what we do psychologically maybe is position ourselves so we know we're going to succeed. I know there's no cars coming. <laughs> so you said that, that. For you. If that is the secret, if that's the thing, then if that's, that's the, the easiest thing to apply. 100%. Just well, say something and then believe it. I listened back to the very first, like listened back to our episode yesterday. I haven't listened back to any of our apps. Just post them. Yeah. You said something profound. Did uh, I? Yeah. I thought that you saying... Um, the whole negativity and positivity thing and being like a selflessness versus selfishness. Mm. Can't you, coexist. Yeah, it can't coexist. I think that that's a really good point. Well, you can't be selfless and selfish at the same time. Yeah. I think um, old mate Robbins, Tony Robbins, someone says the you, you, around the positive and negative, the, they cannot exist together, so you're either one or the other. Yeah. And which one do you want to be? Makes a lot of sense. It's a... um. It's a good place to live in. I talked to Amy about that around being... This was all sort of relating to being a parent and that's what made me think about selfless and selfishness because with a baby, you can be selfish. Like I think you're always sort of like tapping the wall, right? Uh The baby starts crying at night. You're selfish for a few minutes because you're like, I cannot be fuck getting up Mm -hmm. and And I'm so tired. And you, so you sort of, you're just playing in that space and then you're like, oh, okay, but you always come back to it if you want the kids to survive. <laughs> and uh, I mean, what can you relate this to in your life around the selfish and selflessness? I think maybe um, 
like with my relationship with Brie, mm. it's constantly like obviously uh, it's that constant. Uh, what would Brie? What does Brie want to do? Mm. And um, you need to be able to. I think that the key is that if you're going to do that, you need to be able to move forward and have action because there's mm. you shouldn't use that as a reason not to do something like it's like oh what do you want to do for dinner like how fucking hard is it when you're in a relationship to work out what you're gonna eat so far like i've i read a strategy on a meme anytime you're using a meme as like a strategy for life you're probably a bit fucked <laughs> but the it was um if you're struggling to work out what to have to eat say to your partner guess what i think we should have what well, guess we guess what i think I we should have to eat this is going. and then they'll say fonda and you go yep let's have it and so it's <laughs> and they it's almost it. feel like it's their idea yeah they've then, given you uh, your suggestion and then they've only had one it's not like what do you feel like or what do you like it's they have one answer and it's mm. like yeah perfect let's do that it's a good idea it's a good idea to sort of um, fast track that process are you good at those micro decisions like working oh, out what to I actually like Amy making a lot of them for me but it's this nice. is this was the thing though so I did that a fair bit with Brie where I'd be like if we had a trip it's that thing of if this this person cares more than I do yeah so Brie cares about what we're going to have for dinner way more than I do so I'll let her make the decision mm. and then it's it's been a number of years and it's only now that I'm starting to work out that even though she does it, she doesn't necessarily enjoy it. She's just doing it out of necessity. Mm. So I try and take that now and say, okay, well, I can organize. Like, okay, within this trip, I'm going to organize this bit, mm. um, which is you know, interesting. Sometimes you need to go against yourself. Yeah. Whatever rule you've put in place. What does that mean? So testing out, right? So you could be like, okay, um, Brie, uh, I care more about this. Mm-hmm. but. Because I, I end up caring a lot about the accommodation that we're staying in if we're going away. And, yeah. like, I, and it's just an initial reaction. But sometimes I throw that out uh-huh. and it feels uncomfortable to say, you, f- you deal with that yeah. and I will accept whatever it is. Because I get stuck in my ways and we all get stuck in our ways. Yeah. But it's like if you live outside of the way that you normally do, you don't know what will happen. Yeah. And, you could f- and if you go, I think if you... Don't go into it with a mindset of whatever it be. I'm going to enjoy it and not be a fucking um, like. So, you're, are you talking a bit about expectations? So you constantly yeah, apply expectations. expectations around what something's going to be like. Mm. But even okay, so it's like I drive the car more than Amy. Yeah, and I feel like I'm safer at driving. It's like you know, it's all based around my bullshit, probably. Yeah. Um, Did I, your parents? Was your dad always the driver? Mum drove a lot. Dad was working, you know, during the day. And My mum's got this weird mix of being quite sort of like out there and just like, you know, I can drop the C-bomb with mum, mm-hmm. you know, sup cunt, and it's no big deal. <laughs> you said you weren't saying the C-bomb. Yeah, I know. I, I thought of everything. Since yesterday's episode, if it's just getting into fucking dark areas, I'm like, <laughs> if saying cunt's what's going to bring me down, <laughs> then let it happen. Yeah. But the um, yeah, I can say it to like I can say that to mum, and we have a bit of a laugh in saying that she's like conservative, and she's I don't I don't know the last time she's filled up petrol. She wouldn't have done it because mm. your dad does it. Yeah, that's you, dad's job. Interesting. And she won't fill she she won't fill up the car. Yeah. Um. So I find that that interesting. Or she's she's really funny about like driving into the city, and actually that's why I remember I thought of it because as a kid, my family was definitely mum thought it was weird mm. if one of her friends who was a woman was like dr- doing the driving. If if the woman was driving, the guy in our household there was the assumption that he was probably an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was the only rationale for the woman driving, which is sort of really sexist. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's very it's old very, school. Yeah, it's so old school. Uh, this is, so it's around that kind of throwing yourself outside your comfort zone or doing something that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, there's a friend of mine, Sam Cav. I remember him. 
He's he was the executive producer of the Hamish and Andy show. Mm. He'd probably have a few fucking criticisms on this show. Yeah. Too bad he I haven't told him about it. The, the, so Sam, you can't criticize is it anyway. The, is it the forty minute talk break? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the C bomb, mate. It's the C bomb. Really? No, no, That's no what I don't know. Mean. Anyway, Sam, I saw him do this talk and he was talk and he was talking about creativity and how do you kind of explore that creative muscle. And one of the things to do is you know, at an airport, pick up a magazine you've never, you would never read. Hunting, oh, it might make you a bit uncomfortable seeing photos, yeah, sure. but what it does is opens you up to this new world that isn't yours. Yeah, and you're playing in a new field and things. So for him, it up. would be ordering um, a steak at the airport <laughs> because he's a vegetarian. <laughs> Was that too well, far? Yeah, I think it's too far. Okay. One of the other ones is, you know, that. Uh, well, that, how about this, Sam? I'll read the fucking hunting magazine yeah. while you eat a steak or you can fuck off and just let me enjoy whatever it is that I want to... But say you drive away to work every day. I get the idea. It's about you drive being, a different one. Yeah. Because you might see somebody... Creating, what are they, like creating new fucking loops in your brain or, yeah. you know, neuro, new fucking whatever it is. Mm. It's. I mean, that's how I come up with most of my video ideas. It's like going, exploring... And exploring yeah. doesn't mean looking, walking through the jungle or the bush. Uh-huh. It's like sometimes I just skate and have my eyes open and curiosity on. It's like it's, I, I see think some dude. Curiosity and confidence hmm. together are an amazing thing. Uh, I made a, a video with Jack Post, uh, who used to be the producer for Hamish and Andy. We did a little YouTube video with me. But then we went out and created a, a video for him for his Instagram. We just shot it on my phone really simply. Yeah. We, uh, he wanted, he's like, oh, in this, sh- I want to get a shot of me at a bar uh, with a bunch of people and mm. having a conversation. And I'm just sort of looking out to the distance. So let me guess, your head is, I don't go to bars. I don't drink. People we don't know. Yeah, I'm just, we can't fucking annoy them. Yeah, I was just like, well, I was like, okay. Like I sort of laughed. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, w- that would have been good. And then was like, all right, let's let's uh, let's go home. The ba- <laughs> He's the like, barrier. well, can't we go to the pub? Can we do it? I'm like, I guess, yeah, we can do it. And so, no joke, because uh, like I've known Jack for six or so years. Mm. He um, he's come out of his shell. Mm. He just went up, like he got a beer, went into like the outside area. Straight away went up and said, hey, guys, I'm uh, making a little Instagram video. Is it okay if you're in it? And that wasn't the bit that scares me. The bit that gave me peak anxiety <laughs> is he did five fucking takes with them and just been like, nah, can we do it? Can you just, I'll come in and you just need to be a little bit more animated. He's telling these fucking people who he's not paying, who was just trying to relax on a, on a <laughs> fucking Wednesday, how to do it. And they did it. Man, and people I was like, like to be led in a part of something. Because yeah. if I was sitting there, some dude was making... I'd be kind of... This is cool. Yeah. So, uh, I couldn't... Um, I took something away from that, which is... Um, you yeah, now like, drink beer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's the curiosity bit. Yeah. In fact, it's also great to film at fucking pubs on at like, th- you know, 3 p.m. on a Wednesday because there's fuck all people in mm-hmm. there. They probably are pretty chill if they're doing it. But I just thought that that was a... An interesting, um, an interesting experiment because the other thing is, it's like I would only. I was telling Bree the story, and she said, "Did you buy them all beers?" I was like, "Nah." She's like, <gasps> "And like, but it's okay." And so yeah. that I said to Jack afterwards, I was like, "Oh, geez, that was cool that you did that." He said, "Yeah, you just got to sort of, you got to care less about their time. Like you actually do, you have to accept the fact of, hey, I'm doing this thing mm. and you sort of forget the fact that you're potentially wasting their time because yeah. they'll say no. Yeah. Like they, they have the ability to say no. Yeah, that that little video you guys made, I guess the essence of it is like have the idea and then get to work and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, let's go to the pub, let's go to that. It's like um, Casey Neistat, the uh-huh. American YouTuber dude, yep. if you don't know him. Um, he had that deal where his company got bought for whatever amount, 20 yeah, million 25 mil and worked CNN. with CNN. Mm-hmm. And so his creative team is working within this new con- construct of a business yeah. where they have all these restrictions and yeah. 
processes and they can't just make anything. And he's come out recently talking about how he had to like escape because there was he was felt so stressed or whatever it was about you know having to sort of get these things right and t- tell these people whereas like it's a he's- different reality it's like the equivalent of getting something it's like uh you were walking uh, waking up one day walking outside and then someone saying now how much air do you want to breathe today because mm-hmm. it's a per dollar per liter type it's not the reality that you're used to. So all of a sudden you're like, well, hang on, why do I need to, like I've been doing it this way my whole life. Why do we need, this seems like an unnecessary mm. thing. So Maybe he, that's a terrible analogy. Yeah. And but, so the, the, I guess the point I'm making is like his style is very much get to work and yeah. it will figure it out. And but there's limitations to that too. There is too, but I think there is a massive ceiling as far as how far, how high you can reach using that method. Yeah. And it's like talking about clients getting out of the way. It's like, well, if we're the professionals in the video space and we know what works, yeah. then if we, you just let us go, we'll create something awesome. I think it's a balance. I think that just like that's other people's crutch, our crutch is our inability to do a long-term planning. Be, like if, if we were told we you need to plan it out, we need the pre-production, you need all of that, that would, I think, be a big struggle. It's like even, you know, uh, uh, my mate Ryan Shelton and doing the video stuff with him. He's come from a more traditional background. He's, you know, worked in TV. Yeah, everything shot-listed, planned, yeah. scheduled, and, timed. And so, so him and I collaborating, it's like, oh, yeah, so we'll launch this project that we're doing in February. Like, fucking great. It's next month, 2019. <laughs> you know, yeah. So there's a, sh- and there's, a, there's a schedule and it's sort of all planned out. Uh, and that's yeah. not the right, you know what, that is a good muscle to be able to flex. Mm. Uh, and so what's, what do you think about it though? Like in, in terms of, so we're, you're saying if you're one, try the other. Yeah. I think that the thing that works with all of these things is the hybrid. It's the zigging and the zagging. It's being able to work. So it's, um, I was listening to uh, Matt Diavella uh he's getting some fucking great um this is literally turned into a podcast that just recommends podcasts recommends all podcasts. it shows really is that you listen to too much exactly you consume I'm too much, too, too much. <laughs> but they were talking about um the difference between producing lo- uh, short form content versus long form content he produced content. Yeah, he'd produced hundreds of little videos and then was like fuck i've made you know 200 short videos mm. i can make a feature length documentary and then he gets there and he's like fuck it's a different type of storytelling yeah which you know i can see on your face you're sort of like it's a annoying realization i think that yeah. there is definitely there's areas that translate but if you were making seven feature films a year versus 200 short films mm. even though you're producing heaps more short films you'll be able to create if you were doing the feature films you'd be able to create better feature yeah. films i think the hard bit for people is like casey is when you have these wins so yeah. when you're doing a certain method and winning then trying the other one it works why do the other one if you're winning yeah and well, so it's only you do the other one when you either get bored of doing it your way Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to push and you know expand your head and your your ability, then th- you go the yeah, other way. Well, I think it's about growing. Mm. So I think that everything has its ceiling. Mm. And uh, for Casey, Casey can pr- produce first-person videos, whether it's capturing his day, an event, a subject. He might be able to work okay with one assistant, an editor, but him being able to lead a team to have that produced is a very different thing. It's the difference between being an athlete and being a coach. There are athletes who know how to serve and fucking win Australian Opens. Doesn't mean that they, they have any clue on how to communicate or how to mentor or to yeah. pass that knowledge on. It's a different muscle. I mean, but then it's like, so people in the business world that haven't built million dollar businesses, but are offering business advice. Yeah. 
they've lost a bit of credibility in my eyes, I think in a lot of people's eyes, where it's like, stop flogging your product that talks about scaling a business when you've never scaled a business. But I think the, it's uh, the same in the coach. Like if you've served, if you've been the tennis player, the Leighton Hewitt, who's won a Grand Slam, Australian Open, yeah. and then you're coaching as well, doesn't that dude have more credibility in telling you how it is because he's actually embodied and experienced? Because then you're, because you said the opposite. Just because you know how to win a Grand Slam doesn't mean exactly. you know how to coach. But, but do, you, do, do you know what I would say? Uh, Leighton Hewitt, if if I had to pick between uh, uh, an if I, if I was an if I was an uh, athlete mm. and I needed a coach and I had the option between having an athlete who had won twenty Grand Slams or if I had the option of the coach that helped an athlete win twenty Grand Slams. I'd be choosing the coach mm. because the athlete doesn't necessarily know how to synthesize what they're doing. They're able to do it through an internal process. They're able to work out the exact speed and the ball and all of those mm. fucking sporting shit that you need to know doesn't mean that they know how to be able to um, get the most out of other people. They're, they've worked out how to get the most out of them mm. and just in that same regard i think that when it comes to what advice that we listen to i think that sometimes we can go too fucking blue sky we read elon musk we read fucking what what they do in disney or pixar and that's really good for this like very overarching um sort of requirement or or understanding the thing to keep in mind though is the real advice that's going to be beneficial is from the person who is two steps ahead rather than a hundred steps ahead. I would, and it's just like uh, asking for advice about being like doing, uh, being a, an entertainer or being successful. We've got friends like Jules Lund, who who did it at a different time. Like his version of doing it is you go on a, sh a radio show, you do 15 minutes of fame. You, it's a different fucking time. Uh, and th while yeah, some I of those core things remain the same, hustle, ambition, fucking putting in the work remains, networking, all of those things are these universal things, but there are the nuances. And I've even said that to uh, mates like Ryan who have radio karate the real radio karate the production company that produces all of you know hamish and andy's tv type stuff mm. the next uh, the next radio karate isn't going to look like radio karate yeah, totally. it's probably going to look like collect uh, fucking collective noun or whatever the guys in queensland doing the fucking great skits on youtube or mm. stuff like that so then the it's not glossy or it's not as sexy the dude who hasn't won the 20 grand slams and is now a coach versus the coach who has trained people to win grand slams. That's not as sexy to sell. It's like the business stuff. It's yeah. like you got no chops if you haven't built a fucking business yourself because you really don't know what it is like on Absolutely. the ground. So then, I mean, this, so take it from the sporting world to the business world. Yeah. It's What do you think about that? Because I don't know if it applies. Cause do What's you, the example? So, I, so, so, um, so what I think what you're saying... Getting trained by you, you, what, um, Richard yeah. Branson versus getting trained by a guy that you don't know his business. Exactly. So, But the, he's the trained is, 20 Richard Bransons. Which so, one are you going to go with? So what I was saying is you, the person who is a few steps ahead of you is in a better position to inform you on those steps than Richard Branson. It's the equivalent of imagine you're taking a thousand steps. Richard Branson has finished the race, right? He's he's hit the thousand steps. You a are a thousand million billion. Yeah, exactly. He's hit the billion. Exactly. So he's he's hit the thousand steps. He's he's done he's done the course, right? You have the option to radio into someone. You're at the two hundredth step, right? You have the option. You need to find out what the next fifty steps are like. You have the option of asking Richard Branson, who is at the fucking at the top, the thousandth, or you have the option of someone who's at step 280 what the what the 50 steps after 200s like mm. richard branson has done so many other steps that they've all fucking merged into one and while he will have some fucking great advice 
around how to do the thousand steps, how to do all of them, the mindset that you need, all of those important things. But for that next 50 steps, the best person to ask is the person who has just fucking done it because it's going to be in their mind. It's in the conditions. When Richard Branson might have been doing those steps, it was fucking raining. So he would say, make sure you watch out for the slippery steps. Mm. Whereas the guy who's just done it, the weather is sunny and shining. It's like, stay hydrated. Mm. Which in case it's Richard like, Branson's it's only the fucking... stare master exactly. and the other bloke's the stare analyst. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. But I, but I still, like, if you relate it now, yeah. your analogy mm-hmm. to LinkedIn, we could look on right now yeah. and find 50 blokes standing in front of a whiteboard talking about how to 10x your business and they're and not doing no it. chops to speak of yeah they haven't built the and that's not what i'm talking about buck business people are people are becoming coaches before they've become practitioners do you think there's value in any of them no uh for the most part i think that for you to be a coach having some sort of being a practitioner first will make you a lot more powerful so for instance does that go against your analogy though no it doesn't because what i'm saying is it's the difference between uh being a practitioner so say for instance if you want to make make it in the world of filmmaking today and you have the option of asking someone who did it in 1975 versus someone that did it in 2012 what you could say is the guy that did it all those years ago has had a much bigger career he's won academy awards and all that Mm. sort of thing but his context isn't relevant to what your context is. Mm. You're much better asking the guy yeah. in fucking 2012 how he yeah. did it. So the caveat is it's not about like going for the lesser one. It's the one who's done it within the world that we're currently living in. Yeah, I get it. It's And it's like what I've said to you about... Um, <laughs> I was thinking whether or not to say this. But it's like Jules Lund. Yeah. He's been the mentor that has got me to where I am. Yeah. But there comes a point where you've almost exhausted all of the knowledge in that specific area and because I live and breathe it now, uh-huh. I'm into this space where he asked me for advice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, it, and it's a really cool thing. And I think it's like your mentor now isn't necessarily your mentor in 10 years. And I think you have different types of mentors. You 100%. Have, and, and it's that overarching one. So what Jules is amazing at is is the Jules longer... Yeah, Did I say Jules Jules Lund, Lund yeah. yeah. He's good at the the bigger picture type of mm-hmm. stuff and he's done it and he's been able to and there's something to be said about the person who's been mainstream and that's going into the digital world mm. whereas you speak to someone who's only ever been in the digital world they can't give you that context so yeah. there is power in being in both in the zigging and the zagging in being in the fucking the the corporate world like so asking Jules uh 10 years ago about like how to fucking work in it within a business and being an employee doesn't make he's being super successful but he did wasn't successful doing that yeah yeah so i think that that's so what sometimes happens is people will pitch really high with the types of mentors that they want when the thing is that um you can look around you and being like if you want to create a successful agency for instance uh you don't necessarily need to go to the president of an agency that's got 40 years of experience. Mm. Going to the person who has built their agency in the last five years within the market context that they're working in is really powerful. Yeah. Don't know if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I mean, for me, Jules now is a different type of mentor. Yeah. We've got we complete different discussions to what it once was. How do you feel about giving advice to people? Oh, it depends on what it's for. But I think when you start giving, I think it's like you, you actually start enjoying it because you start realizing what you know. Yeah. And when you actually articulate what you know, it's like, fuck, I actually put in a lot of work to get to there. Yeah. And it's, and it is nice giving advice, I think, or when someone comes unsolicited and they're saying, hey, can you help me? So you feel like there is a bit of a tap on the ego as well because yeah. it's like they're looking at you and, with esteem and it's like you appreciate that because you're like oh now i'm being recognized for what i'm doing yeah i think it's like and i know you've done this and i have too i'm guilty is offering up advice when no one's asked 100 percent. and and that's i think where you start playing into those feelings of what i'm describing 
and I think it's also um, people project mm. like you know there's that saying that advice is just things that you're trying to tell yourself um, yeah you've actually said that to me in the same sentence it's like maybe I'm giving this advice to myself but blah 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 this is blah, how blah, I blah. feel yeah I think Which like is true. prefacing it is is all good I think that it's um, uh, one of the things is I feel like what I'm good at is seeing someone and being able to look at them and seeing what the opportunities are. I think that the big one of the things that I've thought about a lot is I don't know who said it, uh, but that but I I read it somewhere where it was like people don't think the way that you do, mm. and that's fine. Everyone thinks differently. And I think that I'd been living my career for a long time thinking that. This makes so much fucking sense. Like you know, like all they need to do is have this Instagram account, and there's like all of this, you know, X, Y, and Z. But realizing that everyone is thinking way differently. Everyone's got different goals. It's a subjective reality. Five people experiencing five different things in the same room. Yeah. You know, like oh, I'm a bit sweaty, so I'm feeling uncomfortable. I want to get the fuck out of here. You're like, this is the best climate on earth. Yeah. Exactly. I love this. I'm. This chair's really comfy. Yeah, exactly. I really like what this guy's saying. It's um, stick around. I'm going off a bit topic, but it's a funny story I haven't told you. Yesterday, I um, left here, went to the office. I can't believe office. you did anything yesterday outside of us doing the fucking podcast. I was podcast. exhausted after that fucking conversation. It stretches, stretched me, just yeah. my little brain. Yeah. <laughs> my, my little brain. <laughs> little Anyways, okay? So I'm sitting in my office yesterday and I see this kid kind of wandering around and I work um, in this space where there's a bunch of different businesses in the area and so I thought he was just wandering around trying to find something else. Yeah. And he walks into my office and I'm like, this kid's young. Who, who's this? I said, g'day, mate. Can I help you? He says, oh, Were hi. You that direct? What? Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, that? I do because a lot of the time they're not there for me. I'm not being rude. I'm like, hey, mate, can I help you? Okay, that was friendly. The second one. Okay. On. okay, so it was the more friendly version. Okay. Hey, mate, can I help you? That became more serious. Anyway, I did... That I communicated to him, yeah, and he said, "Yeah, I'm um, just looking for work experience." Oh, and so, amazingly, my head and I think everyone does this. I had like four thoughts in the one moment. I was like, "Is this kid just randomly looking and walking around businesses, asking, do you have work experience?" Yeah. He's obviously 15, so he's this kid's young. Yeah, he looked a bit older than I thought. Yeah, um, he, he looked younger than I thought, mm-hmm. and. Well, he then looked we pres- younger than you thought. I thought he was like 18. Okay, sure. He's Maybe he was. 15. People can do no, he's 15. Oh, he was 15. He's near 10, just okay. gone to year 10. Yeah. So I said to him, um, okay, so w- w- how have you All in come this here? What are you... Yeah, I was kind of... Maybe I was a bit abrupt. I wasn't being mean, but I was like, what's going on? Well, how have you come here? Like, <laughs> I was confused, dude. How often does someone walk in and go, I'm looking for work experience? Yeah. Because that's not how it works. Yeah, no. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I actually respect that more than the fucking emails I get. So I said to him, "So how have you got here? You know, who do you know?" And he said, "Oh, I know. Um, I know Owen." And did I, you just make that name up? And I and I thought, Owen, Owen, Owen Owen's the kid that was meant to do work experience for me, but broke his leg the week before he came. So I was like, "Oh, you, Owen, how do you know Owen?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I go to school with him." I was like, "Ah, oh, so you got your details off Owen?" And I said. Uh, where where are you from? He said, oh, out Broadmeadows Way or whatever. And I said, oh, okay, how'd you get here? He said, oh, mum dropped me off. And I said, so you've just rocked up here? And he said, yeah. And I said, good hustle, sit down. <laughs> and so we had a bit of a chat and he'd literally rocked up out of the blue. It walked into my office. I might not have been there. Yeah. His mum dropped him off. Fucking Owen is at home cursing, being like, he was my mentor. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was like, so what are you looking to do? He's like, oh, I want to do a bit of editing. I like that stuff. And if I just got an email of him saying, I like editing, I want to do some stuff, yeah. I'd probably would have been like, oh. But the fact that he rocked up, I appreciated him yeah. rocking out. It was a good hustle. Yeah, absolutely. You literally got no fucking work done that day, like <laughs> yesterday. Like <laughs> he another distraction. my time again. But that's fine. And so he, he wanted me to sign this piece of paper right there in the moment. Really? That's so funny. Did he, you do it? Because he had these pieces well, of like, paper look, in his hand. I said, what's that? What's in your he's hand? He's like, look, I need to do 20 hours. Just fucking write that I've done <laughs> it. Sign it. You have to put an amount that you're going to pay them. How much did you say? I didn't sign it. So oh, I said to him, I said to him, hang on. So like, this so is you all want me to sign that now? When's, your, uh, when's this meant to, when are you 
when do you have to do work experience? Yeah. He said, June. And I said, when do you have to submit the form by? March. I said, ah, oh, we got plenty of time. Yeah, mate, so he's I'm a creative. Come so back to me two days beforehand and we can <laughs> rush it out. I said to him, so here's what we can do. You can, you can send me a digital copy of that form and in a couple of weeks' time. And I gave him my business card. I felt like it was a bit of a test also. It was like, if yeah. you're willing to do this... And he's done it yet you're willing, no, You uh, okay. should follow me up yeah. on an email and send it through. And I'll sign it digitally and send it back to yeah. you. And um, he's like, oh, okay. Cool. And he was nervous. And I appreciated yeah. his nervousness. But I also liked you were like you fucking... Assume confidence. Aggressive. I like that. But the thing is, you know what? He's a mini... Tommy jacket. I like would have done that, yeah. bro. Rocked up because I was like, this is a better option. Yeah. He's going to get to see me in the flesh. And and I liked it, dude. Yeah. Should I get him on? Yeah, absolutely. Is his... Um, got to work out the legal stuff around it. I think you need... No, he's a work experience kid. You pay him a minimum of 50 bucks. So you don't Okay, you'll be fine because you've got... Because you're an employee. So yeah, you I... have your work cover. You need work covers. Yeah, I've got work cover. So you got... Yeah, you're fine. So I can... Yeah, I'll get him on. That'd be sick. So uh, funny. And um, did his mum, was his mum like going to do some shopping? She was probably I don't on know. Well, Smith Street doing the, 50, the factory outlets. 40 minutes away. That's not close. Like broad Literally, I reckon she's gone to the factory outlet. She's at Bonds. <laughs> in Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood. in Collingwood. And that's, yeah. It's actually gone. Bonds is closed down. No, it's just up the road. It moved. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah, moved yeah. up near, near Nan- close yeah, to... Yeah, near the bank, near Westpac. Yeah. Fuck, man, retail struggling. You see so many, where is it? Fitzroy Street, so many businesses. Paran, I saw um, uh, our mate Rob Ward from Quadlock did a a post where it was like four retail shops next to each other, all up for lease. Mm. It's interesting. What's happening? You know, I feel like having a business where you're waiting for people to walk in the door would be the most anxiety ridden business for me having a cafe like i feel anxious walking past cafes that aren't doing well and there's yeah. one next door doing well my guess is that especially in uh these areas like collingwood fitzroy mm. abbotsford there's a mixture of like retail and like manufacturing type stuff going on or like subleasing. so they're like mm. oh they've got a s- sick house and they've just got this commercial sm- space at the bottom so they're one of the fucking their hippie partners doing some sort of bead selling because you know you always see like some dude selling beads mm. and he's got his own store and you're like mate that's 70 grand a year in fucking lease in beads in beads you how are you, you get but then you realize that it's like okay they've got they're actually subleasing they've got someone living upstairs yeah. out the back they've got f- 10 artists you know so i guess that's the way of um doing it yeah but um what what was the biggest learning of you getting a, a space having my own office space yeah <laughs> that i actually have someone to store shit because my house wouldn't take all the stuff i have yeah. didn't realize how much stuff i have yeah no it's i love it i love a creative environment that i am comfortable in that i can just go in and do what i want yeah for absolutely. me like you could i could work out of cafes but i think there's a point of productiveness that you'd have of just yeah. working from them and for me it's like having a a place that i can just get creative and yeah. do what i need to do it's like a workshop and it's almost like a yourself, man space yeah, for me i think and man cave the, the the lesson for me with mine was off like open plan doesn't fucking give you that right mm. it doesn't give you your own space it feel even if you're like on the lease and you're doing that you feel like you're still you've got to you know be quiet or you need to be wearing headphones or it's like the the thing i love about your office and it's something that i'm looking at for uh, when full stack films decides to to move because our lease is up in you know seven mm. months time or whatever is around that small contained space mm. where i can close the door and i can like make a fucking mess creatively i can set up cameras i can be noisy i can have I can air condition the place. Mm. I guess that's what the co-working spaces don't have going for it. Is it's great socially. It's great to be able to um, to meet other creatives. But at the end of the day, it's also nice to be able to close the door and just get your head down yeah. and work. And I think a big learning is people. People 
are the only thing that will make your business bigger. Yeah. Even someone who stumbles across a good product and the product's hot so they can sell millions of dollars worth of it, there's still a point where unless you bring people into the fold, you yeah. ain't going to You need audience, grow. you need customers. I think that YouTube is providing this new thing, which is what I love about YouTube and I even love about this podcast is we can be doing this from anywhere and it's not going to affect the audience experience. Mm. So I could be filming, you and I could record this right now in Italy and people like wherever you are, if you're in your car, if you're like going to bed listening to this or you're doing some work, you can be doing it anyway. And that doesn't change depending on where I'm going. And that's the, the one hard thing with the sort of traditional production you know video production work within a local space so that that sort of traditional thing which is melbourne video production company servicing the melbourne area you are fucking stuck in that one Mm. one space how do you feel about geography in your work i've been on your end and your thoughts a lot more I think the thing that changes is when you have a lot more responsibilities. Yeah, well, and you've got it. You've cemented. A, you've got a kid. Yeah. So it's like you naturally think about geography a lot more in settling down. Yeah. So you can be a bit of a top dog in Melbourne and say, "Well, Bodie's going to go to this school. We've got at least eleven years or whatever the fuck it is in, and I can just dominate. I can go on a long-term lease, blah, 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 mm. versus one of my points of difference it feels like is in the agility to say, you know what, like let's see where all of this stuff is, is yeah. headed. I think they're limiting beliefs though within your head, right? Because yeah. I now have the belief of having a studio that I pay monthly rent and my house that I pay monthly rent in Melbourne. Yeah. My, why can't my business be one that I fly around the world and then come back to this place. It's like you need to have a base and there's yeah. something about, not maturity, but there's something in the, the people that commit to something. I think that the problem though that's happening at the moment is, is very similar to what we were talking about yesterday. It's the having it all type of thing. So if you're running a business, uh, what I find can sometimes happen is it's like, we create these expectations of what a business needs to be. So a business needs to be, I need to have, I can't work from home. Working from home is amateur. I need to have a a space where my clients can come. I need this. I need, I need a big server. I need all these. I need this certain camera. I need to be able to. You're talking about limiting beliefs, right? Well, because for instance, they're, they are the beliefs where it's like, you're saying, okay, these are some of the things that I think makes up a business and then as as well as that i think that i should be able we should be able to travel around and do all that sort of thing okay so and what i'm saying is that yes there are components of those things that you could take that might bring you forward but there's also something to be said where it's like from a business point of view looking at revenue like looking at a, a profit and loss and saying okay well and mate we talk about this all the time with other agencies where it's like they've got these crazy fucking overheads so you've got to spend six figures with them before you're in the door but and what don't, and don't go ability, too far on the thought though because when you're bringing all these things into the fold you're talking about is it limiting to have a business that's, that's geo-located and, yeah, and told, so what and i'm saying you can so only answer that if it's it's lifestyle driven so the thing if i have is, a printing business that requires big machines to be located in a spe- specific area that's a geo grounded business yeah exactly if you there's so it's not the one that allows you to do what you like in life and so what is travel for yeah, you and, and so what i'm saying is that sometimes we think of, we think about what success looks like and we see the office space and we're seeing that as a very as a as an important element in what we do or that that's going to be the next level of progression. Whereas I think that there's the opportunity within this sort of disruptive space that we're currently in to say, okay, well, what does, and that, and that's why like my a limiting belief I think was that I'm a filmmaker. I do video. I don't do photos. Right. And the limiting belief. And so some would call it niching, right? So I'm saying like I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm saying I'm getting really good at one thing. I'm going to sell that one thing. But the limiting belief around that was, okay, so when a client asks if they can do photos, I need to outsource it where it's something that I can actually do. So I think that there's heaps of different ways of doing it. But I think the headache you're having, maybe you're not having it, 
the confusion is you haven't actually worked a, a few steps ahead about what it is you want. And if you don't know that and you're worried about becoming the business that someone else has because you see that as the next obvious progression. What I'm no, So what I'm saying is like we spoke yesterday about the people who are buying a house but have ambitions to travel the world, these things can be conflicting and they can hurt. I think it comes from a minimalist mindset, right? Which is, it's not about, there, there is a limiting factor in you under committing or under investing, right? So it's saying, I don't think I can make enough money. So I'm not going to buy this camera. I'm not going to have this gear. So you end up always playing in this sort of scale, right? Small scale shit. Uh, but I think that f- for me, and I think for you too, you put your filters on. You say, okay, well, what do I want? So if I want to be able to explore and I want to be able to travel and I want to be able to create those stories, there's a number of ways that you can do it. For me at the moment, it's like I want to create like a location. I want to try and be as location agnostic as possible. And what that means is how can I work anywhere doing the things that I love? Mm. And um, I think that for a lot of people, and you also have to think about what is your competitive advantage? So there's young people who would see bigger businesses and they're they're freelancer and they're saying okay well for me to get those bigger jobs i'm going to need this 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 and this and the problem and there is something to be said in i'm going to spend more money on the office which is then going to bring in more money blah 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 blah. but i think that sometimes we do that prematurely and it sets in stone a bunch of things so that we can't actually have the lifestyle so Mm. you turn around and you say hang on I don't actually want to be working with the fuck. I don't want to be managing people, and it, I've just built a business that you, has fifteen employees. Mate, it's the it's so my friend Craig Harper. He tells a story about owning three gyms, hundred staff, like a bunch of different things going on, making a shitload of money, mm-hmm. severely unhappy. Yeah, not living in alignment with the person he wants to be. Goes away for ten days, shuts off from the world and reassesses what the fuck he actually wants. But it took that stress, anxiety, waking up in the middle of the night, writing down all the things he has to do the next day, constantly exhausted. It took that for him to then make the shift. And what you're saying is, and the and the thing about life, and I needed I've to get to, the offer, and so this is the thing. I, I needed to, to Craig, have the office. I said to Craig, "Does that need to happen?" Yeah. Because I feel like think about all these great success stories. That's happened to so many people. Yeah. The burnout. Yeah. The reestablishing. Now I the travel the world moment, doing. I think. Is and so yeah, it's like this. Life's hard because that is sometimes a reality. You need to get the office and realize that's not the fucking thing I should do. That yeah. was a waste of money. Absolutely. You need to bring on the staff member and your business fall apart to go, that was stupid. Now I've learned. I think that's a really important sort of distinction is a lot of these things that you need to learn yourself mm. and you have to go through them. You have to go through the pain. You have to go through the learnings. Um, where do you position buying a house? in priority list i think it's super important but i think what's more important is creating something that allows you to do that so amy my wife she's talking a lot about it's one of her main things that she wants to do and so from when she was young it's something now she loves home she loves creating something it's important to me but i i really don't care and so i but i think some people romanticize these things and forget that is this a practical or an emotional decision i was watching a video by this nomad capitalist dude who talks about citizenship in different countries and he says that what people will do is they uh, they want a citizenship in another country in regards to for tax purposes or whatever it is and then they merge up all these other things and they say okay so they end up living there and they fucking hate it where it's like they mix up the lifestyle. They attach the citizenship with the the lifestyle and being there where there's other options where you don't have to live in that place yeah. and doing that. And, and you can forget if you, you know, if you're hell bent on something, you can sometimes forget. It's like, what do I actually yeah. want? And, and I've pushed Amy on that a lot. You're just wanting the dream. You're wanting the security of a house yeah. because the security of a house, having there's a million no dollar mortgage and needing the- to pay five grand a month, that's not security. Yeah. Security is owning your house outright, but what's going to allow you to own the house outright? But don't you think that we're we're in a world at the moment, and I talk as if that this world hasn't existed prior, but I'm sure it (laughs) fucking has. We're just only hitting these things now. 
you know, with the with the age that we are. But um, so people are being sold those dreams under terrible circumstances. So it's like you can you can buy a house now, and you only need to have like a a fucking five percent deposit or whatever like low amount it is. You can have then- two thousand dollars, and you get the first home buyer's grant, and you can pay a minimum of seventeen hundred dollars a month, and you own a house in Whoop Whoop. And the th- and is that and and so what I think happens to that point is people merge these things so that it's preying on the dreamers. Yeah, it's yeah. preying on the I want that picket fence. Essentially, it's like that American dream of owning a house. It's yeah. that same. I I get that, and that's and I'm and I think you you need because you're a- not going to fucking die like I and this to br- bring up our last episode talking about being a parent and having a kid probably changes your mindset on mm. what's important. At the end of the day. I don't need to fucking leave a house to anyone. I'm good. like I can if I die with zero fucking dollars, but I've given to the world. I've lived mm. a great life. That's all that matters. We don't fucking die with our money, and that's not yeah. being anti-money. Like I fucking like money. I like being able to enable, use that as an enabler. Um, but um, you know, I think that there is something to be said with you know, and there's the cliche around experiences over things. Mm. The minimalists say... We both could have bought a, a house with a substantial deposit with the amount of money we spent on travel. Exactly. Uh, we could buy a holiday house together with that money. Uh, the, uh, do you know what? <laughs> it's a little side note. The The minimalists have a saying which is uh, love people and use things because doing it the other way around doesn't work. Mm. So using people and loving things doesn't work. And... Um, yeah, I think that there there is a movement that's happening at the moment around things. This idea that you're going to buy this thing and it's going to make you happy, and the Australian, you know, the Australian dream of owning your own home—they're all nice things. And I think that there is there are a bunch of people, and it plays into FOMO as well, right? Because you're like, "Fuck, look at look at those people—they're doing all right. They've got a house. I need to get onto the like." I feel like it's a um, comparison. All that sort of stuff is a is a dangerous game. Mm. But then that's what you said. It's like bringing it back to yourself and working out what you actually want. Yeah. And what, what makes is it you that happy. you want? You're asking me that question yeah. now. I mean, I want a house, but I, I like, Why? I think I want it for security. I want to not more so that I want, I want to not have to think about that stuff. Yeah. I don't want the stress of where are we going to live and that stuff to me. And I want a business. I like mm. doing, I like creating and creating meaning, creating opportunities for myself and seeing me grow. Like I almost like the pain a bit of struggling through the business. And I, I was and saying I, that to Brie uh, just today. I was like, I purposefully didn't put much in the calendar for January in regards to client stuff and just to do personal stuff. And it's fucking great. It, it uh, not having cash flow i find really accelerating in the sense of being able to creatively go out and start generating leads and talking to people and finding value uh and sometimes stepping off the treadmill is the exact thing that you need and reassessing okay how much and i think that some of my hippie sort of fucking outlandish thoughts or you know non-status quo or whatever the fuck you would say thoughts are coming from being consuming a bunch of content around nomadic lifestyle around you know podcasts like uh zero to travel which is like you know how to travel the world um and the thing that they're talking about is it's about minimizing your expenses it's about saying that what are the things that are holding like the reason that you need to make you know 10 grand or 15 grand or whatever it is a month is because that you have five six grand in expenses mm. but there are like poor people who have fuck all expenses that can live from you know a thousand bucks a month mm. so the realization is that rather than this i've constantly had this idea that i just need to make more make more make more whereas if you actually like plug in a few of the holes of like where you're fucking wasting money you can actually like travel the world and if you are making $2,500 a month, you can actually pay for accommodation or you can pay for That's, that's for the Barefoot Investors book. It's 
analyzing what you're doing and where it's going yeah because you don't need one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to eat out a couple of days a week yeah and go on a holiday twice a year you can do it on a fifty thousand dollar salary and it's it sounds a, stupid but there is method to it and that's what it is it's following this thing and it's the hardest thing i don't fucking know yeah. it and i but it's these things like the baby yeah <laughs> like the business that i've got like the um the stresses that I have makes you get pretty fucking clear on it. Yeah. And I am. And I, and it's something, you know, getting our finances in order. Yeah. And it's don't buy that extra coffee. Yeah. And it's to a point where it's like, oh, but you could live a lifestyle where you're thinking, yeah, I don't want to have that fucking thing where I don't think about the coffee. Yeah. It's like sometimes there is a period of time where you will have to be that person. (laughs) And what's pushing you enough and is the, is the failure enough to push you along and make the decision not to buy that shit or do this yeah. thing? Or, you know, I think it's hard because I agree with that. I believe in sort of essentialism and being able to say, okay, well, these are the things that are essential. I don't actually need this sort of stuff. It's like eating. I watched an old, I did a YouTube search of Craig Harper when I was posting um, our podcast with uh, that you had with Craig. Mm. And uh, I f- saw this video around like rules around eating. And it's like, you know, I will not eat emotionally. I will not eat unless it's like, you know, giving me value and all that sort of thing. Um, I won't eat for pleasure, which is all really interesting ideas. And I think that bringing, applying that to, I will not buy these things, you know, emotionally and, and stuff like that. You can save a lot of money um in that regard and mm. doing that i think you could listen to this conversation and almost have paralysis because there's so many thoughts going on here but it is it's like take a big deep breath this is advice to myself yeah <laughs> but then it's like all right get back to life and start applying some of these things yeah. and the worst thing is when i read self-help books and then i listen to people and i think fuck how do i apply that all to me right now because i need like i want it right now well, like I think tomorrow. That, I think that the the other thing too, which you said probably six months ago, is I remember we were having a conversation, and you said I've actually realised that I've been mistaking your thoughts for mine. Yeah, massively, and I because it's the way you talk. Yeah, because I I feel like you were projecting about what you're because well, we're, we're and that's a, it's all projecting, right? Yeah. It's me saying it's me consuming the content that i'm consuming in the world that i'm living in and my context and the fact that i don't have a fucking kid i don't have these responsibilities and it's the same way that like speaking to our mate like jez khan or whatever you can be like this is all fucking too, like super spiritual and all that sort of thing because he's in a different context he's yeah. thinking about different things his brain's working differently and all of our brain and that it comes down to just like your my thoughts aren't your thoughts you don't think the way that I think mm. and that's okay. And the interesting thing is um, that what we're experiencing is we are very similar in some regards. We have this zigzag approach where it's like we are very aligned on other things, but we have these little nuances that are very mm. different and it's identifying them because that's actually what makes us us. Yeah. it's t- Take everything with a grain of salt, every piece of advice someone gives you, but apply what we're what you think fits but i think there's people who are probably more vulnerable to this followers the 100 like to when, listening and and then parroting or applying it and feeling absolutely depressed because they haven't realized that that's not them that's not who they are there, i mean there's so many sheeple there's so many people who do not like travel who have huge plans of traveling because they think that that's what they need to do right <laughs> oh, God. um yeah what, what what do you think no, on that, that makes me feel tired but it's, it's true, isn't it? Tiring there's, there, and- there's people who it's like success is, and the thing is, and we've discussed this, there are people who are fucking atrocious at creating content or talking or being in front of the camera, mm. creating YouTube videos, and they're not doing it because they love it. They're doing it because they think it's what they need to do. I see everyone else doing it. Yeah. And that is the lo- last reason to do it because there's not enough fucking willpower or internal energy to be able to sustain a thing that you're not fucking interested in or care about. It, dude, it's scary to work out what the fuck you actually want. Yeah. That's a scary thing. I struggle writing goals about what I want because so much bullshit comes up in my head, can't do it. Like, not well, there. things change Why constantly. That? And then, yeah, and then you're like, I don't want to stick to something because maybe it's not what I want. 
there's i mean there's no there's no clear there's no clear cut approach to this yeah these types but of things. for 59.95 you can buy josh and my's <laughs> ebook and uh it gives you the secret to life but the funny thing is that we're all everyone's trying to sell fucking answers that's what marketing <laughs> seems to be right it's like and that's what uh uh, the reason that I think that we're so sort of consumer driven is because the answers are in this book or you need this fucking Pilates reformer because it's going to r- get rid of the pain that you have. Mm. And there's also that this idea that we need to be fixed, that we're broken, that there's these little things that, that aren't right with us, that everyone else has together and that we need to sort it, sort it out. Mm. And as soon as you come to the understanding that you don't need to fix shit and you're fucking fine and you just need to find what you love and find the focus and focus on that. Tweak life a bit. Yeah, that's the fucking... That's the life. The life isn't trying to find fucking fixes to things because fixes aren't at fucking Bunnings and they're not at Ikea Mm. and they're not at like buying a new fucking TV Um, because I know heaps of people who are not very interesting and they have big fucking houses and they have like a lots lots of money mm. but that's not what i consider an interesting life and if that is what you consider an interesting life and you're listening to this go for it yeah if you're in your but big you house assess that shit. can we come over and swim in your pool yeah <laughs> it, man do this you is, own a jet ski because i want to ride it this is our longest fucking episode we've done it over is. an hour can you believe it i'm sweating is it too long should we should we go we'll back? Probably, yeah, we'll definitely taper we, it back tomorrow. Friday yeah. fun one. We said we said yesterday that we we're going to do a short one today. We actually <laughs> said that because of the long one. But uh, I don't know. An hour is too fucking long for people to listen to. I yeah. think. But um, have a good one, you. guys. We love you. Bye.